It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, November 22nd. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content has a lot of thanks to give this Flyers Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I have a few. Yeah, we will get into that and preview tonight's matchup against the New York Islanders, plus your mailbag questions all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Locked On Flyers on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky as well. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with every winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. You can find us over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the LockedOn Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, Mark Stahl is officially off IR now, and uh, Tort said it would be a game time decision or uh, this morning if Stahl is going to play versus the Islanders. Seems like he will, though. He's playing. It's no game time decision. He's playing. We all know he's playing. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, I don't think he could resist it. There won't be any other lineup changes from the last game, which means that Morgan Frost is still out of the lineup and Ryan Paling is still up on that third line with Cates down on the fourth line. Right. And apparently it's going to switch at some point because Torts wants to put Cates in more offensive situations. But I contend you want to put him in a more offensive situation, uh, take him out of the center spot. And that would do that. But He's not doing that, so at some point they'll make this switch. And Morgan Frost is now being held to a standard that none of the other guys on the team are being held to. So basically he's only allowed to play top six or nothing else. And I don't think it's fair. I, I understand the theorizing behind that, but if you have an opening on your third line, then you put him on your third line. He would rather play than not play. He would rather develop than not develop, and he would rather, you know, accrue, you know, an NHL career to eventually be traded than to not play at all. And yet these things don't seem possible, at least in the short term. We're just in this no-win situation here because, you know, at least the two of us want to see Morgan Frost right. back in the and line. A lot of fans. We're not the only ones. There's fans that are, you know, wanting to see that. And, you know, every couple of days the reporters ask, I mean, and there's a reason because we all see that there's talent in this player. He is only 23, 24, something like that. And there's talent in this player at the center position. And it's kind of like, okay, like these other centers that we're talking about don't necessarily have the same center upside all around. Like Cates is a great defensive center, but his offense is going to be better on the wing. Frost is a natural center. And right. If he's just going to take an extra year, year and a half to develop, the Flyers are probably going to miss out on that. 
Yeah, and that happens sometimes and, and teams make choices and it yep. seems like this is where the choice has been made, but who knows, maybe things will change I mean, around. And we're not talking about a guy that had only like 25 points last year. He had 46 points. Right. So conceivably, if you let him do the same things, he would have 40-something points again, which I think would be around his NHL average every year. I mean, and then some years will be more, maybe some years would be a few less. But he's not allowed to do that because the coach is holding him to this standard. We shall see. Meanwhile, tonight, the Flyers are facing the Islanders for the first of two games in one week. Now, most recently, the Islanders did win a game against Calgary in a shootout 5-4. to four. Prior to that seven-game losing streak, they are 6-6-5, six, six, seventh in the Metro. But even though they just won, is Lane Lambert still on the hot seat here? He's still on the hot seat. They are the uh, really the epitome of NHL mediocrity by the record, by a lot of the different things. Not to say Sorokin. I mean, Sorokin's terrific. But everything else is pretty mediocre about this team. Yeah, it's so fascinating to me because not only did they do basically nothing in the offseason, they have not had a first-round pick since Simon Holstrom in 2019, yeah. who, to be fair, is on their top line. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's developing. Their first-rounder from 2018 is on the third line, which is uh, Wallstrom. He's not developing, really. He's not as much, and if, if you do a comparison between him and Joel Farabee, who was picked like three or four spots later than Wallstrom in that draft, like there's no comparison there no. as far as development. Farabee has turned out to be a much better player. And I don't think it's Wallstrom's fault. I do think there's some development issues that um, happened in, in uh, New York that didn't allow him to play to his strengths. And so now I think he's kind of lost in this sauce. and. I don't know if he'll get out of it. Yeah, I just feel like there hasn't been that right kind of atmosphere there. And the Islanders under Lou Lamarillo have just been mostly assigned guys to get better team. And like these guys are just not gelling well and yeah. or not producing in a way. You look at Bo Horvat, really hasn't stood out tremendously since he joined he the Islanders. going to be... That he was having a career year, and we most of us recognize that. So yeah. knowing that, they paid him at that mark and maybe even a little more. And you're never going to get equal production for that. Now, if you want to say he's an intangibles guy and he's great in the room, all those things are true. But as far as actual production, they're not going to get that production again that he had that one year. That's not his normal year. You know, you look at Kyle Palmieri, he's got – four goals on this season. He hasn't played so a lot. I'll give him a little pass. Yeah, I guess. But it's just like, I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, I guess like Noah Dobson. Dobson's having is, a great year. He is. And is having a good year. Barzal is not really maybe matching expectations, but he's playing well. He's playing well. I still don't think they've used him right really for two years now. Yeah. So, okay. But yes, he's at least playing well. But there's a lot of uh, guys that aren't like Pajot, no. Mm -hmm. You know, Brock Nelson's really, really good. Like, Brock Nelson scores goals. Anders Lee is never going to meet the contract that he's at. There's a lot no. of guys like that. They have a lot of five, six million guys, million-dollar guys that you can't trade because they're either getting older or they have a lot of term. You know, they finally had, you know, removed Josh Bailey, and you got three more guys like that, potentially, down the road or now. 
Yeah. And, you know, this season, they've just been a team that keeps games close, but then they blow leads all the time as well. And, you know, you're just not going to win if you do that and you keep all your games close and you have terrible third periods, which they seem to have been. They like playing that, you know, Lou Lemerillo will talk about the differential and he wants to be on the right side of the differential. And if they are, he feels like they're right in the race. And there's some sense in that, but I think uh, I think the NHL's changed to the point now where that's not a definite anymore. Right. I think so too. Um, and you look at the matchups and I know there's like a few guys on the Islanders that always seem to play well against the Flyers, like Sezekis and Clutterbuck. Like their fourth line always seems to Zizekas have will always do well against the Flyers. Yeah. Yeah. It's like clockwork. Now, I am interested to see what the current Flyers fourth line does in terms of matching up right. against them. I think it'll be a little different this time around. Sure. But the the Islanders also have a couple defensemen that have bitten the Flyers in the past. Like Kulak always seems to play well. Pelic always seems to play well. Um, and with Pelic and Dobson, uh, I think, you know, that is a real solid top pair there. It is a solid top pair. And you definitely have to watch Dobson, especially on the offensive side of things. No question about it. And they're they're fast, like they they are. They're very fast for for defensemen too. So they're you know that's their one strength is that top pairing is a strength. Yeah, I think Flyers are going to have to score three goals to win this one. Yeah, you to, you're going to struggle to get three on Sorokin most likely. That's going to be the tough part, I think. Is uh, just Sorokin, I think, is the one excellent part of this team and even scoring first you know the the, uh, flyers have this great record scoring first it's going to be hard to get that first goal against the islanders like you might have to go two periods or a period and a half before you you get that goal if it happens so it's a little different i think it's going to be a little different kind of game all right we'll see how that one goes i will be there in person so uh, you can follow me on the socials to keep track of that in the meantime we've got your mailbag questions on uh roster changes with stall back we've got you know trade deadline is the strategy changing we're going to talk about a bunch of those things coming up next you know that feeling when your favorite flyers player scores a hat trick if you want to get that feeling and win 100 times your money play daily fantasy hockey on the sleeper app as the official daily fantasy app of locked on nhl sleeper is our top choice for daily fantasy sports especially daily fantasy hockey Fans can also play daily fantasy NFL, NBA, MLB, and college football on Sleeper, and entries can be made in under a minute. With elite players like Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, and Austin Matthews, plus the new kids like Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli, all you need to do is make more or less picks on stats for these stars. You choose from stats like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. To win that 100 times bet on Sleepier, you got to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. 
The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Uh, maybe on the uh, Black Friday game, take the Dolphins, no matter what the uh, the spread is. I think the Jets are going to have trouble that game. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and get into the action this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. The Flyers play the Islanders at 7.30 p.m. tonight, as we know. Catch every second of the Flyers' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search for Flyers. Just a reminder, there's no show for the Thanksgiving holiday tomorrow. We'll be back Friday morning uh, with a show drop and then back next week. For your mailbag questions, uh, AQN1976 on YouTube uh, had a really good comment that kind of ended up with this question. At the beginning of the season, I would prefer to get max value for our top players at the trade deadline. Now I'm not so sure that is the move anymore with them playing so well. Thoughts? Well, my thought is you got time. On this one, nobody's getting traded even in the next month. It's hard. Cap's tight. So you've got a good, you know, couple of months here to see if they could stay at this pace. If they stay at this pace, then maybe there's an organizational decision to be made. But still, there's still players you could trade, still bring up some youngsters to plug in, hope you can make the playoffs and still advance for the future. There's still a way to do that, even if they were playing above, you know, what your expectations are. And that's the way I would go. Yeah, I agree. And I do think there are some older players that just because of the nature of time being what it is, that when the Flyers are at their peak, you know, these guys will be beyond their peak and it just won't work from a timing perspective. Right. So you want to get max value for them now. Right. But I think like Travis Konechny, maybe that's a player where you, you would end up changing your mind. Right. You might pull back on Konechny, <laughs> but you still trade Atkinson. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, James wants to know, would Morgan Frost benefit from AHL time? No, no, because if he goes to the AHL, we know what he could do in the AHL. He needs to play at the NHL. He's earned that NHL time. I mean, in the end, if you're telling me he's going to get scratched for seven games in a row, then sure, AHL time will benefit him. But otherwise, it really wouldn't. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that he's an NHL player and even just to get him ice time, I mean, everybody knows who he is as a player right now. So I just don't think that would do any good. Plus I bet he would get snapped up on waivers. Yeah. I haven't looked to see if he's waiver exempt. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm I'm not sure there. I'd have to double check. Um, he's got like a weird RFA status. I'm not sure. Yeah, good point. Good point. Uh, Tyler sent us an email with a whole bunch of really good comments, uh, but had uh, one particular thread with a question about who will get sent down on D with Stahl back. Good question. I think most likely it's Belpedio. I think he's the most likely to be sent down. I'm not sure they're going to send anybody down back because they were able to get Sandstrom through mm -hmm. waivers and he's on. The Phantoms now, they have that extra roster spot. So they don't have to send anybody down. We're they at, don't. At, yeah, we're at 22 roster spots right now. And even if Risto comes back, they've got, not only do they have a spot for him, but they have cap space for him. Yeah, they don't. But like, let's say Belpedio sits for three or four games. He is better off playing 
Right. And the Phantoms could use him. Like, that's the other... That's why I think it'll be him, because the Phantoms could actually use him. Like, you know, he's very valuable to the Phantom. Yeah, I'm just curious to see what the Flyers end up doing, because, yeah. like I said, they have this space, and Tort they seems do. to like Belpedio. Are they going to have eight defensemen on the roster? Yeah, it just seems silly. Uh, Ryan had a good comment over on YouTube related to our suggestion to add NHL games on Thanksgiving. Uh, doesn't the NBA also play on Thanksgiving every year? Yeah, um, I think, again, the NHL should be playing on Thanksgiving. We've seen a lot of people tweet about it. Uh, it makes sense. Uh, the NBA doesn't play on Thanksgiving. They don't want to go up against the NFL, so they they don't have games. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't. You have a whole country of fans that love your game that are forced to watch American football. And I bet you if you gave them the choice of watching American football or, you know, a, a good hockey matchup, at least one, maybe even two, they're probably going to watch that. So I think it's something that makes a lot of sense. and should happen in the future but will it i don't know yeah i think it, it makes sense too again you know it's just a thursday for canada why not give them a couple of hockey games make a thing of it and whatever americans aren't super into football maybe they're into hockey it's in that's the tagline let's make a thing of it <laughs> yeah that's me i'm the marketing guru here but um i think that yeah i'm, I'm still all for it as well uh kevin asked uh, since we mentioned at the tail end of uh, the show the other day if um, that Thanksgiving is all about the side dishes. So what is your favorite side dish on Thanksgiving? It's interesting. You know, look, like when I was down south, I certainly appreciated like the um, green bean casserole that was probably in the 80s, the first time I ever had it with like the fried uh, onions and stuff. I, but that's not my favorite. But it's not my favorite, but it's just something that I was introduced to then. Honestly, I'm pretty simple. It's mashed potatoes with or without gravy, with butter, some nice whipped mashed potatoes. Like, you can't beat it. Yeah, when I was a kid, I definitely liked the sweet potato with the marshmallows on yeah, top. Yeah, we did that when I was I just... a kid, too, and I kind of grew out of it that way. With yeah. maple syrup on it, okay. Yeah, and there's also kind of blends I've seen where you add, like, pineapple in mm. with the mashed potato. It sounds weird, but it tastes so good. I guess because they're both sort of stringy and have the same similar yeah. texture, it might work out. It does. It does. And so you add syrup and the pineapple. Oh, you do. Okay. And it, All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I like it much better that way. I also, I just really like a good stuffing that's not yeah. stovetop. I like, you know, a real stuffing. Right. Now, my whole family love stovetop and i don't mind it so i would eat it i kind of lean towards the cornbread kind of stuffing yeah that's you know you want yeah. to put cornbread and can cranberries and stuff like that in there i'll eat it same yeah and i like a good uh tart real cranberry sauce that isn't the can stuff. right not the can in the jar all the way yeah yeah all of that is very good well I'm now hungry again. Uh, this show is just constantly making me hungry. Uh, we've got the Thanksgiving holiday coming up. So we are going to talk about what we are thankful for this Flyers Thanksgiving season. And we will do that coming up next. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Have you ever wondered why you struggle sometimes? Therapy can help you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. 
It's super helpful for determining how to make decisions more effectively. You can learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It's not just for those who've experienced major trauma or a specific incident. Anyone can benefit. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a little questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and they'll let you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNHL today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNHL. LockedOn has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel over on YouTube. LockedOn Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of LockedOn from around all the sports, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to LockedOn Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe. So Russ, uh, I am pretty thankful this holiday season for some things around hockey and the Flyers. And I think the first thing of which is that the Flyers have been a lot of fun so far this season. They've surprised us in a lot of ways. Uh, They've made it really interesting. I just think from an analytical standpoint these days in like what this team is doing and the choices they're making, it's been a lot of fun to talk about. Um, a lot of good questions coming out of it. So I am very appreciative of the Flyers this season so far. Yeah, they're they're less – I don't want to say they're less stressful because I don't think that's true. I think they're um, less frustrating, though, to, to talk about. Yeah. And I think that does help with the kind of coverage we could give. And, you know, we're not, like, harping on certain things all the time, every moment. So I do think that's that's a good thing. Yeah, I think so too. Anything you're particularly thankful for? Yeah, I'm thankful uh, for the amount of prospects that they do have. Uh, maybe not enough of them play in the lineup, but it gives me a opportunity to track them at the NHL level. A lot of these guys I, I've been tracking since pre-draft. And so I do get great enjoyment from Flyers and other prospects around the league when they really develop. It's fun for me to see and and see how they develop from year to year to year. And so I'm always thankful for that. Yeah. Speaking of which, I am very thankful for the Flyers top prospects, not with the Flyers yet, uh, that are playing in other places. We've got Matt Vay-Mitchkoff, of course. He's got 24 points in 25 games since his move over to Sochi. Uh, Just having a tremendous season there so far. 11 goals, 13 assists. Really happy to see that. We've got Cutter Gaultier, who's got 15 points in 12 games so far at Boston College. And then our good old uh, London Knights boys, Denver Barkey, is seventh in points in the OHL. This season, he's got uh, 13 goals and 15 assists in 21 games. Oliver Bonk, 19 points in 21 games. He's 11th in defenseman in the OHL so far. Really glad to see those two are having a good season as well. Yeah, I'm thankful for all of them. They're the high-end guys, and I still follow the Devin Kaplans and others as well. Uh, the more the prospects, the merrier, and at least now the Flyers have a fair amount of, you know, A and B prospects that does make it more fun for me to watch and track and eventually rank. Also on my list is Travis Konechny. And... I think that not only is he having a really good season so far and his scoring has been consistent and 
you know, that's where when he gets into these streaks of not scoring, he gets frustrated and it's kind of this circuitous loop. He is not seeming to run into that so far this season. So I'm really happy for that. And, be, and when Travis Konechny is playing well, other flyers play well around him. We get that benefit. Plus he gets a little uh, extra chirpy and snarky and fun. And that just adds to the enjoyment of having Travis Konechny on the team for me. Yeah, he's the catalyst for this team still, even with Couturier back and Atkinson back. He's still the catalyst. Uh, he was always a catalyst, even pre-draft when he played with the 67s. Uh, just a fun guy to watch. I just was going through uh, a bunch of older stuff because now that I have a new website, NHLDraftBuzz.com, I'm looking for, like I just posted Sean Couturier's uh, draft video on my YouTube. My So if you look for Russ Cohen, I did just post that. Uh, so I'm looking for those things, and I just found a video of Travis Konechny after his first goal as a flyer. Oh. Yeah. And so those kinds of things, you know, I, I get that same response. Maybe not exactly that same, but similar happy response and always fun to watch that and the excitement. And then you fast forward to now and, you know, and he's having a good career. So that's I, I always enjoy that. Yeah. And, you know, that draft pick of Travis Konechny, I think that, you know, we weren't really sure what the Flyers were going to do with that pick at the time. And, you know, when they picked him, I think we were all just kind of like, oh, like this kid has some promise, like really excited about his development. Um, And so it's been really wonderful to see him grow and to turn into a leader on this team. Yeah, I was sure of two things when he was drafted. One, that he'd be a good fit for the market and a good player. And two, he wasn't going to be a center. Like, I just knew that. (laughs) Like, you know, a lot of guys get listed. We've talked about it as centers for drafts. And and I just knew the way he played. There's no way this guy's going to be a center. And it's better that he's not. He's a way better scorer that he's, you know, not being a center. Yeah, that is absolutely true. I almost forgot that he was listed as a center. That's how long ago it feels since he was drafted by the Flyers. Um, well, Anything else? Here? 2011, man. That's a while ago. Oh, yeah. Time is flying. Uh, anything else on your thankful for list, Russ? You know, I'm actually thankful um, for the Wells Fargo Center because we all had these fears of uh, getting RSV or, you know, COVID or whatever you want to call it. And I know they had invested heavily and, and they were one of the first to do it in their circulation of the air, the air system there. And I, I kind of feel a little safer there than I do in some other arenas, to be honest, just because of that. And so for that, I'm thankful. It takes like one thing away from me, one more less thing to worry about in this world. So I'm thankful for that. Well, I guess we could all use some less worrying in this world. Um, yeah, I am also thankful for the Phantoms this year. I think that mm-hmm. so far, the, you know, they're not quite up to the level in the standings that I would like to see them right now, but there's some really good prospect development happening there. And the other thing too, is that I, I really feel like Ian LaPerriere is growing into this head coaching role there in a way that um, it, it just wasn't when he first started. And I just really feel like he's gaining a lot of perspective and I think he's really learning from his experience um, there and you know knows how to really push the players buttons in a way that he didn't before and he knows how to put combinations of guys together that, that are going to work better together whether it's on 
the forward lines or even with some of the defensive pairing moves. And I know he's got assistants that handle some of this stuff to a degree, but ultimately he's the head coach and the buck stops with him. And I just really think that he has taken some steps forward as a head coach, um, which is really wonderful to see as well. Yeah, I feel like you're right there. And I'm, and I'm also um, thankful for Swedish fish because it's just a very consistent candy, (laughs) very consistent in its taste. And so, yeah, I don't eat them every day, but when I do, I'm thankful. Yeah, maybe there's still some candy corn left over from Halloween on sale I can pick up for the holiday as well, because I like candy corn. Anyway, uh, that will do it for today's show. We will be back Friday, where we will recap this game tonight versus the Islanders and talk about the Black Friday Flyers versus Rangers matchup. That's going to be a doozy, I bet. Uh, Just a reminder, the Flyers do play the Islanders tonight at 7.30. You can catch every second of the Flyers' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search for Flyers. And if you want your mailbag question answered on the show like we did today, you can send them to us via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. You can email them to us at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great holiday, everyone.